Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Little driving on a Saturday night. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks, Hayes and Marto. They're back with the run home between 3 and 5 tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Not forgetting also tomorrow morning, get up for brekkie with uh, Scotty and Goss between 6 and 8. Peter Vlahos uh, winding up the day sports-wise and more dramas at Essendon. Their chief executive, Xavier Campbell, has resigned with a quartet of Bombers board members following him outside the door. Channel 9 caught up with Xavier Campbell on his way out. Don't go angry. I go very happy with my contribution here and my connection to the people here. And Essendon will always be so close to my heart. There you go. Uh, Xavier Campbell is gone. The fallout from Essendon's horror 2022 campaign has continued. Campbell stepping down from his position less than 24 hours after the Bombers' final home and away fixture. Of course, in that time, former Bombers president Paul Brasher and longtime board member Simon Madden have quit after Campbell's resignation. Vice President Peter Allen and football director Sean Wellman are also expected to leave later this year. It is an absolute train wreck at Tullamarine at the moment. Tim Watson, Essendon great, had this to say regarding the reaction of Campbell leaving. I don't think anyone has inherited a more difficult CEO's job than what he did when he started Essendon. Like It was just a hellish job that he had to perform over a long period of time. It went on for a couple of years too, and then there was negotiations post all that with players. and trying to. It was a really, really difficult time for somebody, and... Um, he handled it really, really well at that time. So I am sorry to see him go. So that's Tim Watson talking about the exit of Chief Executive Xavier Campbell. He's had enough and he's going. And no doubt he'll probably be recruited by another AFL club on the back end of certainly uh, the time that he had at Essendon. Been there since around about 2014, I believe. Uh, so he's had a pretty good tenure there at Windy Hill. Of course, then in recent times at Tullamarine, the home base of the Essendon Football Club. The other thing that was interesting is where does James Hurd now fit in the scheme of things? Still a lot of conjecture on whether he's been considered at all, whether he's been considered by certain people, or whether he's really in the frame as maybe the next coach of the Essendon Football Club. I'm leaning towards the less likely, but uh, funnier things have happened, as we've seen in AFL football in the last week or so. Now, Jason McCartney is the football manager of the GWS Giants. And James Hurd, as we know, had a role as an assistant at the Giants over the last couple of seasons, and in particular this season, as an understudy to certainly help up in the second half of the campaign to his mate Mark McVeigh, who took over as the interim coach after, of course, Leon Cameron departed. This is what Jason McCartney had to say about James Hurd's position and his involvement and his contribution to the Giants. It's been wonderful having James involved in our football program, as it has been with Dean Solomon. But uh, what I can say with James, obviously, his first involvement with our football club was a leadership consultant. And then, obviously, when Mark stepped into the, the interim coaching role, he just lent his support a little bit more in coaching when he was around. But 
what I would say when, when James was at the club or more so at the club during the week, a little bit match day, that this wonderful organisational skill and the way he he can lead a team, uh, lead young men and the, the I suppose the aura of our players um, had been in the presence of James and the knowledge he was able to pass on. So yeah, I probably haven't had the... the um, the close enough look at the intricate details of the coaching, but as a man manager, he, uh, he's been exceptional. And, and like I said, the knowledge he passed on to our young players, uh, they, they absolutely loved when James Hurd and Dean Solomon walked in the building during the week for training or match days, there was definitely a pep in the step of a lot of our players. So there you go. That's uh, Jason McCartney, uh, the football director at the Giants, talking about the contribution that James Hurd made to the Giants over the last couple of years. Of course, uh, it is All-Australian night tonight. Uh, 22 players will get the All-Australian blazer. And the big question is how many West Australians uh, will be in that lineup. But uh, there's certainly going to be the likes of Patrick Cripps, of course, who came from Northampton. He's from Annal, now the Carlton leader. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, and there's no question that the likes of Shy Bolton will be there, who's been outstanding for Richmond, particularly in the second half of the season. Andrew Brayshaw from the Fremantle Dockers will be announced in the 22, you'd have to say. Sam Taylor, who's been a great intercept mark and a very good player in defence for the Giants, will probably get the centre-half back's position. And uh, any others that may come from left field. And where does Tom Barras sit at this stage? Is it he or Stephen May, who will be... uh, put in the position at fullback. I'm tending to lean towards Stephen May and maybe Tom Barris may pick up position on the interchange bench, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and that will start to roll out from around about uh, 6 o'clock. And, of course, at the end of drive with Peter Vlahos, uh, we'll go to the AFL Awards. They'll be next up here on SEN. Just some other sport uh, headlines. Thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres. At Tyre Power. One of the feel-good stories of uh, the 2022 AFL season has continued with cancer survivor Ben Cunnington signing a new two-year contract with North Melbourne after making his football return this month. West Indies captain Hayley Matthews, one of cricket's most destructive all-rounders, just an unbelievable player, has signed with the Melbourne Renegades for the upcoming women's BBL. Uh, five seasons she was with the Hobart Hurricanes. The 24-year-old has decided to jump ship and she's joined the Renegades ahead of the T20 competition's eighth edition. In the meantime, she scored 865 runs. She claimed 40 wickets in 56 matches for the Hurricanes since making her WBBL debut as a teenager back in 2015. An unvaccinated tennis superstar, Novak Djokovic, has been slammed as selfish, in inverted commas, but not yet withdrawing from the US Open. The reason why is that Djokovic remains on the entry list for this year's final major tournament, but his chances of competing, as we know, are slim to none given the United States requirements for all foreign travellers to be vaccinated for COVID-19. But the 35-year-old's decision to hold off withdrawing means the first alternative player, Carlos Tabana, will now have to enter qualifying instead of gaining direct entry. So it costs him a chance of going in the main draw. And furthermore, world number 242, Polish player Martin Tifon, has missed out on a place in qualifying and a share of $21,000 in prize money because of Djokovic holding 
that position. So there's been a domino effect uh, down the uh, from actually main entry into qualifying into being out of qualifying as the, the Polish player has found out. So Novak Djokovic certainly in the bad books with a few people and they regard him as being a bit selfish. That sports update, thanks to Tyre Power. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we'll deep dive into the All-Australian. Craig O'Donoghue is a real authoritarian when it comes to players in the AFL. I'm going to actually give him a bit of a licence to see who he feels will be selected in the 2022 All-Australian AFL team. Craig O'Donoghue from the West joins us later on. Uh, in fact, after the break. And later on, I'll speak to Andy Keogh. Uh, the recruiting manager, the head of recruitment at the Perth Glory. And there's been a couple of stories bubbling around about this Italian signing they were looking at, uh, maybe looking at Massimo Luongo, the former Socceroo who's played in England for well over a decade. And that's been, of course, uh, basically knocked on the head. We'll just find out how these things start to surface and we'll get the latest on who they've recruited as well because the season's not far away. starts in the first week of October. That's all coming your way here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. And you can join us anytime on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. If you've got your thoughts on the All-Australian team, give us a yell. Love to hear yours. It's not all about me and all about Craig O'Donoghue. It's just as important to get your thoughts on it. So give us a text or give us a call. It's nine past five. Yes, drive with Peter Vlahos and, of course, the All-Australian team is all the rage tonight and, of course, straight after drive program will cross uh, to Melbourne and bring you uh, uninterrupted coverage of the announcement of the All-Australian team for 2022. A man that's certainly right across it and, of course, uh, one of the most respected uh, football journalists in town is Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australian and he joins me on the program this evening. Craig, thanks for your time. Certainly won't get to be getting my name in the All-Australian team, Pete. That's one thing for sure. Would, would, would have been nice to get on the field, let alone get, a, get even nominated amongst this group. It's, it's an amazing crop of players, isn't it? It is. It's brilliant. Could I just ask you, firstly, the uh, All-Australian concept? Of course, it's purely an announcement of the best players supposedly in the league, and they uh, go into an All-Australian team. What do you think about the validity and the credibility surrounding it? Well, I think it's... A, it's grown with the credibility as the longer that it's gone. They've got um, more and more accurate, I suppose you could say, and better teams along the way. Um, and now, if you're a player, you are desperate to be named in that All-Australian team. It creates heaps of debate on who misses out every single year. The, the, the biggest issue is whether or not the team that is put on the field would be a team that would play. So, is it one ruckman or two? Do you have a genuine small forward or, uh, or a genuine high half-forward flanker? Uh, do you have a genuine wingman or is all of a sudden that player just an extra midfielder who's thrown in there? So those are the things within the community. I'd love to see them say that they have a, that there, there is an all-Australian pressure forward that has to be in there or a second ruckman or a, a clear wingman or something like that. So they, they announce roles along the way. I'd love to see that sort of a concept come in where we say this person is the best in this spot um, as opposed to just the best 22 players. But as it stands at the moment, we know one thing for sure. They're all going to be bloody good players are going to announce tonight. So, oh, no. um, you, can't, you can't really complain too much. No, I agree with you, Craig. It was interesting yesterday that they announced a squad of 44, and then, of course, I'll trim it down to 22 tonight with the four interchange players. 
Do you reckon they should just announce a team and not worry about doing the uh, extended squad? I like the, the naming of the, the players creates debate. We know that's what they want. They want people to be talking about what's happening. The 44 as opposed to the 40 was interesting because we know that in basketball they name an all-NBL and all, and, or an all-NBA first team and then a second team. So are they going to be announcing tonight, you know, here's your all-Australian team and here's the 22 players in position who missed out as the second team. Um, the, there's only two Ruckman who have been named, so it's either going to be Max Dorn in one and Jared Witt in the other. Or or they may not name a second team at all. But I do like the fact they recognise as many players as, as possible, so we can say, well, so and so's missed out. Oh, they were considered in the best uh, group going around. Um, and we have seen by naming forty four players, lots of people come out with their teams already. And there's, there's the constant who you see in all of them, and then there's the fringe ones where you go, well, this bloke could get in, this bloke might not get in. So that's that's where the debate uh, comes from having those those extended squads. I'll tell you what's going to be interesting, and I'd like to go back over history, and I'm, I'm not sure when the All-Australian was first implemented what year, but you wouldn't be surprised, and I think it'll happen, that maybe the Brayshaw brothers will be on opposite wings with maybe someone like Clayton Oliver in the middle. Yeah, the Bra- both Brayshaws are certainly a really strong chance to be in the Andrew's a walk. Uh, if he's not in there, then there's something seriously wrong, given he's one of the Brownlee middle favourites. And his brother Angus, well, he could easily be on a wing. He could be on a, on a halfback flank. He's been so versatile all year and played in so many positions. That might actually be his undoing in the end, that he's, he's played a couple of spots throughout the year. But they might not know where to put him because he was fantastic cross halfback and then they threw him in the middle towards the end as well. But they've, they've both been phenomenal. Um, so it would be an amazing family story, that's for sure, if the two of those get in tonight. The other big conjecture has been, of course, there's only been one West Coast Eagles player nominated in the 44, and that's Tom Barris, as we know. Two uh, Fremantle Dockers players, Andrew Brayshaw, and you think that Brennan Cox, the other, will struggle to get into the 22 because of the calibre of player. But your thoughts on Barris and Stephen May? Who gets the full-back gig? I think Barris deserves to get in because of the weight of numbers that he's been putting up with the entire season. I think if you're playing in a struggling team and you're performing at the level that he is, I think that makes his individual year slightly better than Stephen Mays, who's getting more support from teammates throughout. Barris had nobody helping him at times, and he was still taking contested marks, still winning one-on-ones the entire time, and there was 60 and 70 inside 50 coming his way. But the thing I fear for him is that Stephen May's stats are better. They're significantly better, in fact, in terms of uh, the, the percentage of one-on-one contests that he's lost compared to Barris. May's way, way ahead in, in that department. So he's actually conceded less than what Barris ha- has, but a lot of that's due to him being in a gun team that has gun midfielders who put pressure on all the time and the ball's not coming down um, with the same ease as what Barris is putting up with. So if they look at it from a pure statistical point of view on well, he's had this many one-on-one contests, he's lost this many contests, and May will get in, hands mm. down. But if they assess it as, well, who had the harder job, then I think Barris deserves the opportunity to be to be in that team. Yeah, I think he'll be in the 22. If he doesn't get the full-back uh, position locked in, then I think he might be on the interchange uh, period of uh, four players. Saying that, were you surprised Sean Darcy wasn't included in the squad of 44? Yeah, stunned. Absolutely stunned that, that they didn't have more Ruckman in there. When, you got, when you're adding more, four more players... And you've still only got two Ruckman. I mean, it's a, it's a tough kick to get in there as a Ruckman if, you, if you're only going to put two of them in. Max Dorn, Jared Witt, both had fantastic years. 
both deserve to be in there. But I think Sean Darcy could have got in ahead of a lot of other players who are in there. You can you can remove an extra midfielder. You can remove uh, an extra forward or back if you wanted to because I think you need a greater representation of players from all, across all positions. And if you're only going to have two Ruckman out of, out of 44, you know, every team needs to have a backup Ruckman. Every team needs to have... If you're going to name the two in this team altogether, all then you need to have who's the third one is who is unlucky to miss out. No, they may say Blixarves is the player that, that has the third Ruckman in there given that he's played the Ruck at time this year. But yeah, Darcy's had another fantastic season. Um, he won the Glendening Allen medal the other week, obviously, as we saw. He's dominated in, in so many games and is reigning best in Ferris at Freo. I think... He's desperately unlucky not to be in there. One player, of course, from Western Australia who now plays at Richmond. And you think at the start of the year, you wouldn't have configured him to be in an All-Australian. But he's certainly been a bolter, particularly in the second half of the season, is Shea Bolton. He certainly will be selected across the half-forward line. It's been amazing, hasn't he, Shea Bolton? And he's become the Dustin Martin role for them throughout the entire season. He's, and that just shows the calibre of player that he is. Anyone who who can say, well, Dustin Martin's out, so they've asked me to play his position, almost 400 disposals and 40 goals. He's only had 41 points. So mm. he's had 82 shots for goal throughout the season whilst playing midfield as well. It's, a, it's an amazing sort of statistical one when you think about it. 81 clearances as well. So almost... Four, four uh, clearances per game on average, laying heaps of tackles along the way as well. So, yeah, he's guaranteed to be in there because you, and he's probably going to be as a forward rather than as a mid um, because that's where he's doing so much of his damage. But, yeah, he's he has become one of the elite players in the competition and someone who you can see polling really well in the brown line where it's not this year certainly down the track as he continues to play this role more and more. And, of course, the followers, you'd think it'd be Max Gorn, Lockie Neal, and Toot Miller, who's had an outstanding season, his best ever season at the Gold Coast Suns. Do you give Max Gorn the captaincy? Yeah, I reckon Gorn, as the reigning premiership captain, um, probably ends up with that. And as you said, when you look at all the others around, I think the midfield almost picks itself with Gorn as the number one ruckman, then Brayshaw in there somewhere, Oliver... Uh, Lockie Neal, Tuke Miller, you'd throw Sam Walsh probably in there as well. Uh, it's, it's, there's some serious talent that you, that you, that you look at. Uh, good luck getting the ball off of, off those blokes if you've got that sort of a midfield for an All-Australian team. And then you look around, you know, Bontempelli will probably miss out. I would have thought Petrarca, they'll shove to a half-forward flank um, and then they'll, they'll try to uh, find some space for someone else uh, on, on a bench, that could be something like Patrick Cripps. Yeah. Finally, before we just touch briefly on the Eagles and the Dockers, uh, Sam Taylor has been a terrific player for the uh, GWS Giants. Gee, hasn't he come on the young West Australians? And he's got a good chance, I think, of holding down maybe a, a central defensive position in the All-Australian yeah. team. Yeah, it's a good call. I reckon he'll be centre-half back. Like, his ability to intercept Mark against big bodies, like when, when you look at the, the, the size of players who are dominating the key positions, like Tom Hawkins and Charlie Curnow and, and Jeremy Cameron and, and Tom Lynch, he's not a big body in, in comparison, uh, Sam Taylor, but gee, he dominates games, and he was fantastic against Freo on the weekend, just kept intercept marking. Uh, I'll be really surprised he's not in the team, and it's, it's richly deserved. He's, he's a young bloke from WA who's gone over to Jimmy West, and now he's such an integral part of that back line. It would be a really well-deserved position if he gets his All-Australian gig. Just quickly, uh, Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australian. We appreciate your time. Very learned when it comes to AFL footy. Uh, what's the latest news coming out of Fremantle as they prepare for a blockbuster game, a sellout elimination final on Saturday week? You must be looking forward to that. 
Yeah, it should be, it should be a cracker. We know that Nat Fife won't play Waffle this weekend. Um, they've made that decision now uh, in terms of his preparation. We all wondered, what, what would they do with Nat Fife? Because he's, he's had such an interrupted season, they had to make a pretty big call on whether it was the smartest move to send him back to, to Peel to get some match fitness or to uh, just give him a week off. And it's probably smart, I think, to not risk playing him in a final this week and potentially get, you know, bust a, bust a leg, bust a collarbone, do a knee, do a hamstring, do a calf, any of those sorts of things. So you can control things a hell of a lot better uh, by not sending him back to the waffle. So I think no, a no-risk policy at this point in the season is a smart move. They've got a lot of other guys that they've got to decide on also. Um, and, and it will be really interesting to see what sort of team they end up putting out there because you can't see them putting Logue and Lobb and Tabernacle and Fife all into that same board line now. So someone's going to be unlucky to miss out in that final after such a long season. But we know when you get to the elimination finals, anything can happen. The Bulldogs love a four-week campaign to try to win a flag. They've done it plenty of times. And we saw them come over here in 2016 and shock the Eagles and go on to, to win the flag then. And we saw them come over here and play in a grand final last year also. So they won't be fearful of travelling. Um, but the Dockers, with the way that they've played all season with their young folks being so excited, I reckon they will have a really good performance in that first final. And time will tell whether they're good enough to advance or whether the Bulldogs, with their, with their massive finals experience, will be too good. But, um, yeah, it's going to be amazing when you look at the way that the tickets sold out so quickly. Dockers fans have been waiting for this moment since 2015. And good on them. They get to go out there and have some fun. Yeah, good stuff. And finally, the West Coast Eagles don't make any uh, announcements on their list until their WAFL side has completed uh, their journey, their home and away season in a couple of weeks' time. But after that... I reckon there'll be a bit of a, a broom go through the place. You'd think that some players will be told that their services are no longer required. Yeah, there'll be a fair few who'll be moved on, you would think. But I reckon it'll, it'll probably take until after the trade period, even potentially, because the moment that a player is delisted now, they become a delisted free agent, which means they can walk for free. If there's any uh, players who've got any sort of currency with them at all, West Coast would love to get something back for them and then maybe use that to trade their way up in the draft, trying to target points uh, for clubs that have father-son selection, so if they could, I would be surprised if they make too many significant moves really quickly. Uh, it'll be one of those ones, I would imagine, where they'll hold off a bit to try to get something at the draft, um, or something at the trade period for the draft. But, yeah, there'll be some nervous players walking around at the moment thinking, I had my opportunity with so many injuries and so many COVIDs throughout the year and didn't really grab it. And that, those are the opportunities, if you miss them, that can spell the end of your career pretty quickly. Beautifully done, mate. Pleasure to talk to you on Drive with Peter Vlaos here on SENWA throughout the state. I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. No worries. Have a good night, everyone. The Drive Show with Peter Vlaos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, and if you are in the driver's seat, take care wherever you may be across this great state of ours. Of course, in the Perth metro area, if you're listening on SEN 657 in the southwest on SEN Spirit 621 through Bunbury and the rest of the southwest, maybe in the goldfields at SEN 1611 on DAB Radio at SEN Peel, or for those people that may be within Australia, even overseas on the SENWA app. Great to have you on board. Uh, Mike says, hi, Pete. I think Luke Ryan and Alex Pierce should have at least been in the squad of 44 regarding the All-Australian. And Tuke Miller for the Brownlow, Pete. That's from Roy of Templestowe, who have actually got on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 
736736. Let's talk about A-League because before you know it, the A-League campaign will be here. The Glory will begin their campaign with two away trips. The first game against the Western Sydney Wanderers on Sunday the 9th of October and then they butter up the following weekend against the Newcastle Jets. That'll be an interesting one because the Newcastle Jets have got a very um, very much a Perth Glory flavour about them this season with three players from last season's squad joining them, of course, including their skipper. And that's on Saturday the 15th of October. I know there's a lot of work being done behind the scenes. The head of recruitment is one of their stars in Andy Keogh, of course, one of their most celebrated players. But now he's got an off-pitch role and a very important one to try and assemble what is going to be a very competitive and hopefully uh, an exciting team for the upcoming A-League season. And Andy joins us on the program now. Andy, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. I just thought we'd update exactly where it is all at. We had you on the program maybe uh, six weeks, a couple of months ago, when, uh, of course, you took on the role and there were some early signings. Can we just dispel, because there's been a bit of conjecture through social media, firstly about former Socceroo uh, Massimo Luongo possibly coming to the glory. I know it's been knocked on the head, but where did that come from, Andy? Oh, I, I couldn't tell. Who knocked it on the head? Oh, so it's not knocked on the head. I thought I, I, I thought I, I, I've I, seen. I didn't I didn't, I didn't. I didn't see any quotes. I think I've may have seen that it's actually been denied. Now I don't know where I've seen that. So maybe let's get it from the horse's mouth. Is he a player of interest for the glory? Oh, well, I think he's a player of interest to a lot of teams. Um, he's a you know, he's got had a, a very good career to date. He's still of a great age. And, um, yeah, he's he's absolutely of interest to, to Perk Glory, as he, I'm sure he is to uh, a lot of other people. Have you had a chance to chat to him at all? <laughs> no comment. Okay. I might have. <laughs> okay, you might have. All right, Andy, let's move on. The other one that's interesting for me is that we know that Mandurah City are cashing in on having former Scotland and Celtic striker Lee Griffiths line up against the Western Knights, of course, in the NPL this season. There'll be a big crowd down there. While he's here, I know he was on loan to Dundee. I think it may have been United. Uh, are you going to go down and have a look at him? And is he a possibility if he wants to stay in Australia? Oh, I have no idea if he's a possibility if he wants to stay in Australia. Um, yeah, of course I'm going to go down. Uh, you know, it's it's obviously it's very good for Mandra to have him over playing. Um, he's a proven a proven goal scorer, uh, and he's on our doorstep. So of course I'll go watch. But that's that's as far as we'll go in terms of uh, uh, me talking about it because I'll, I'll have to watch him first and uh, and and watch his characteristics and his mannerisms on the pitch and his physical condition, and then uh, chat to him uh, after and if I like what I see and, and find out, uh, you know, about his uh, his personal uh, goals, his personal life, uh, et cetera. So it's uh, it's very uh, diligent process. You've been busy. There's no question about that. Are you happy with what uh, you've secu- secured so far in the squad uh, looking ahead to the new A-League season? Very happy. Uh, it's, been, um, it's, been a, it's been a long journey so far since... Since we started recruiting, uh, we're not done yet. Hopefully, a few more through the door. Um, you know, very impressed with uh, a lot of the lads that have come through, and 
you know, they're going to give us a different dimension to to what we had last season, which is important to to change it up, especially after we finished uh, last. Mm. Tell us about a couple of the other players that I haven't had a chance to have a chat to you about. Of course, Irish midfielder Aaron McEniff, uh, he signed for the club. He was subject to a visa and international clearance. I gather that's all done and dusted now, Andy? Yeah, that's all done and dusted. He's over. He's training, so it's uh, it's all good. How's he um, looking? He's only 27 years of age, so he's got plenty of football in him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been he's been looking great. You know, his quality on the ball, his distribution, his long range shooting is excellent. So we're very happy with, with what we've uh, with what we've produced, getting him over. And um, if uh, if he if he isn't a is in a, a dark horse to to do to do well this year, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, so he's certainly someone that you invested in. You feel that he could be staying fit. Uh, if he stays fit and in form, he could be a huge bonus to the glory this season. Tell us about versatile defender John Katrumbus. So he signed a two-year deal at the club. He's only a 24-year-old as you try and, of course, uh, strengthen your defensive unit. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's great. He's come in. He's, he's uh, athletic. He's fast. He's... Um... He adds uh, the strength and depth to the defensive unit. He's uh, versatile, can play in different positions. So, you know, it's important given, uh, obviously, as we've seen last season, what happened when um, uh, we were devastated by injuries, that uh, uh, people can can cover different positions. So, um, you know, he was an important uh, addition to the squad. So, Andy, how many more spots are you looking to fill and what sort of positions are you looking at? Oh, we're looking at all positions. Uh, obviously, it's, it's plain and obvious to see where we've strengthened at the minute and then where we need to strengthen. Like we like, would like a little bit more creativity, um, you know, you know, maybe a, a little bit more uh, competition in the goalkeeping department. Uh, the fullback area it hasn't really been addressed either, especially on the left side. So there's there's many different areas, but it's it's more about waiting for the or finding the right player and not just adding for the sake of adding. Of course, you had a, an art of it in scoring goals. You need to score goals to win games of football and you've scored many during your illustrious career. A lot of responsibility on Bruno Fornaroli. How much support do you think you'll have uh, this season? And are you confident the Glory can score enough goals to take uh, three points from a lot of the games? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got Bruno, we've got Ben Azabel who's come over, who's obviously unproven over here, but uh, can score goals. Uh, Ryan Williams, uh, who's been looking absolutely quality. Stefan Kolakowski, Matt Hatch, who scored five goals in the A-League last season from four starts. So, you know, and that's just to name a few. Um, we've got a lot of uh, different options. And, you know, I think it's important for someone like Bruno when he's up front to, to not have to have the burden of being the only one that scores and, and and having other people contribute. And I think players like this will actually bring out a better version of Bruno on the pitch. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. He's a fantastic player to watch, Bruno Fornaroli. I was surprised by this one, Andy, and if I throw it to you, I knew that Brandon O'Neill was going uh, because he wanted for personal reasons to go back east. But I was a bit surprised because I called all the A-League games at home last season and watched them when they were away. And I thought they were part of maybe the development of the glory going forward. Uh, the fact that Daniel Steins and Callum Timmons were released uh, by mutual consent. Uh, did you expect that to happen? Was it on your radar or it sort of came to you and you needed to address it? 
Oh, well, uh, I'm not going to talk in riddles. Uh, we, we, want, we, we decided that it was time for Daniel Steins to move on, and that's what we decided as a, as a coaching staff and club. Um, mm-hmm. And he went to Newcastle Jets. It's plain and simple. It happens in every day walk of life in football, and, and you know, it's a game of opinions, and, and that's what it was. You know, it's nothing against the personal character of, of him. It was a, a total footballing decision. And with Callum, we didn't want him to go. We offered him a new deal. We offered him increased wages. Um, you know, and and unfortunately, uh, Callum, even though he was under contract, didn't want didn't want to be here. Um, he he then changed his mind and did want to be here. And then um, he got I don't know I don't know. Listen, he got to talk to his representatives or whatever. <laughs> but then something else something else happened and. Then he decided to go, you know, for a little bit extra cash, to be honest. And that's mm. fact of the facts. We didn't want him to leave, but, you know, we wished him well. Um, we didn't want a player not 100% committed to our rebuild, to our rebranding of the club, to this new, exciting new season. And and that's that's where we left it. We we made him the best offer we could, you know, at least a 50% increase in his wage. And, you know, I think in any job, people would be happy with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we made every effort. Po- we made every effort, ever effort possible, but it wasn't to be. So yeah. we wished him well, and uh, and that was it. Well, that happens in all professional sport. Don't worry about that. Uh, just thought I'd throw the question because that was certainly a question I think our listeners would like me to ask of you. Saying that, uh, it's going to be an unusual season. I know the Glory got four away games in their opening five, and you want to pick up points early. And like in the English Premier League and all the leagues around the world, there'll be a, a pause for a f- number of weeks for the World Cup that will be played in Qatar. Um, what will the players do, Andy, during that period, do you think, when the World Cup is on? I will train. We're, we'll look to play uh, some games. We'll give the boys some time off, obviously, but we're only six games into a season then. There's not really any need for time off. It's it's work time. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a programme and a schedule in place um, to make sure we're ready for round seven when that comes after the break. Um you know, the boys get their four or five weeks at the end of the season and that's their holiday, you know, that's their annual leave. Um, so there's, it's going to be nothing but um, focus and and trying to improve uh, every area that we have in the mm-hmm. football department and the club. You know, it's a, it's a break from scheduled games, it's a break from our events team, from our membership team, uh, etc. like where, where there's no games. So there's a, it's an opportunity to improve uh, uh, as, a, as a whole uh, as a whole organisation. When you look at it, Andy, one final question. You're head of recruitment of the Perth Glory, uh, a very proud A-League club, uh, a, a club with a lot of history, a lot of tradition, and you've been very much part and parcel of that. And no doubt you've been looking to see what other clubs have been doing. Charlie Austin, of course, as we know, has gone to the Brisbane Roar and Nani has gone to uh, Melbourne Victory. What are your thoughts on how the other clubs are faring and how competitive this season could possibly be? Yeah, like everyone, to be honest, they're all doing good, do good business um, from what I can see. Um, I haven't really focused too much on that because it's it's all about us. You know, it's cliche, but it is really. Um, so you know, you know, fair play. You know, you get Nanny in, great. Sell some more memberships, great. Um, mm. uh, I'd be more, I'd be more um, focused on. On us and um, and building our squad, but you know when when other teams are signing players like him, it's just you know for the league in general, for the brand of the whole A League, great. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
like I said, it's it's more important that, that we get the right players in the door, that we create stability, that we create a spine that uh, is there for not just one season, but many seasons to come. Yeah, I like the way you're talking. Looking forward to the season. Looking forward to being involved from a broadcasting point of view. Andy, thanks for joining us and bringing us up to date with the Glory Squad. Uh, it's nice to touch base again, mate, and good luck going forward with certainly some of the other signatures that you're chasing. No, that's good. Thanks Thanks for your time. Good on you. Andy Keogh joining the head of recruitment. So Massimo Luongo is still very much on the radar, contrary to reports that have been uh, filtering through, certainly to me and to the general media. Uh Perth Glory reportedly had dismissed reports linking them to the former soccer room, but Andy Keogh has told us something a bit different. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Nick Dacos has been awarded the AFL Rising Star. You'll hear from Nick on the other side of this break here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, just got a query here from Randall from Inglewood. He says, Pete, can you please look into and explain, and I will look into it, Randall, uh, why there was no allocation to full slash gold AFL membership card holders at the Frio Dogs game at Optus. An AFL-controlled game, simply outrageous. That's Randall um, Inglewood. Listen in tomorrow night, Randall, 5 o'clock. Uh, Haggers will be here, and we'll, uh, I'll make a couple of calls and see what the allocation is and how it's all been split. But no allocation to full gold AFL membership card holders for that game here at Optus next Saturday night. Now, I've got a very young support crew here, Lee and Jimmy. I've just been sent this by a mate of mine. I am so old that I have dialed a rotary phone. Have you seen a rotary phone? Okay. Listen to music off an eight-track tape. Have you seen an eight-track tape? Okay. Watched a black and white TV with an antenna on top. Do you remember those, boys? And went through a whole day, boys, without taking a picture of myself. And that's what I used to do. Ladies and gentlemen, forget about taking pictures of yourself. These guys have taken 50 themselves uh, since they started the shift at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Well done to Nick Dacos. Let's give him a round of applause. Let's play the applause. There it is. Surprise, surprise, is the AFL rising star for 2022. Congratulations, Nick Dacos. Uh, yeah, it's very humbling for me, I think. Um, such an amazing award. Um, yeah, I'm a bit speechless at the moment, to be honest. I wasn't expecting it myself, so very grateful and, yeah, appreciative. What were your expectations at the start of the year? Did you expect to hit the ground running like you did? Yeah, I didn't have too many expectations, personally. I just... Uh, my main aim was to have a good off-season and then um, hopefully break into the team as early as I could. And fortunately for me, that was round one. Um, we had a great win and then, yeah, luckily I was able to stay on the side from there. Was there a particular moment or game this season where you thought, this is where I belong on the senior stage? Um, to be honest, you still sort of um, have doubts going into games. You're never going to feel like you fully belong, I think. Um, I'm still working each day. Um, we've created a great, great club philosophy of getting better each day and I think um, each week I gain more confidence playing and yeah it's a credit to my teammates and, and the program they've set up I just yeah I feel really comfortable at the moment. What's your dad thought of your first year? Any feedback? Yeah no he's um he's told me he's very proud so it um, means a lot to have him in the room and yeah I owe um, basically all this to him. I'll let you say any thank yous. Yeah so firstly thank you so much for the award um, huge honour to to be standing up here, thank you to NAB um, and the AFL for 
supporting the program, to my family. Um, thank you so much. Wouldn't be here without you. Um, helped me so much to get in this position. And then um, Josh, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight, um, thank you for helping me settle into the club and being my role model. Um, you've been amazing. Um, my girlfriend, Arlette, thank you. Um, Connor's Sports, um, your support after, over the last couple of years, especially with, with COVID and everything going on, um, has been greatly appreciated. Um, and yeah, thank you to Nike uh, for supporting me this year and, and Jim. You know who you are, Jimmy, so thank you so much. Well done. Gee, spoke well, didn't he? Didn't miss an absolute beat. Good on Nick Dacos. No surprise. Certainly the hot favourite to take out the AFL rising star. I don't think he'll get into the 2022 All-Australian side, but gee whiz, hasn't he had a, a standout season? Just before I go, just the other issue that's still bubbling under the surface, and I know that uh, Andy and Gazy on SEN in Melbourne spoke to Dane Zorko. He actually conducted an interview with them uh, on the back end, of course, of that sledge to Harrison Petty at three-quarter time in that game up at the Gabba on Friday. Max Gorn said this, by the way, uh, regarding what he heard from Zorko towards Petty. Definitely now the comments are done. I do hope that it is a line in the sand and, yeah, the, those, those sort of comments can stay away from the footy field. Is it, how common is something like that? Uh, first time I've heard anything that deep. I'm not here to talk about it and go on about it and bring it up. Um, I actually think it's been well handled post, but, um, yeah, it's certainly rare. And here's just a little bit of the conversation that Dane Zorko had with uh, Andy Marr and Andrew Gaze on SEN in Melbourne earlier today. I think it was obviously really important that at, at some point um, it was important for me to speak. Obviously, um, my apolo I apologise to Harrison on the final siren and obviously that apology still stands. Uh, stands. Um, I guess my remorse still stands. If, certainly, um, boys, as you know, if I could take it back, there's no doubt I would. Um, mm. I guess for me, I just sort of want to get across that it was a, it was an intense game. Um, honestly, from the first bounce, there was sort of toing and froing from both sides of the fence. Um, players across the field um, probably stepped up to the line all game, and I acknowledge that um, I certainly crossed that. Um, and I guess for me, it, I just reckon it's really important that um, Lions fans and fans in general probably um, understand that it, it wasn't just an unprovoked sledge and it wasn't set in isolation. Um, yeah, it was. It mm. was as I said, it was it was toing 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 and throwing for the majority of the game, and uh, remorsefully, I, I, I accept that I've, I've overstepped the mark, and um, I just thought it was really important that you know I came out and said something, and, and people understood that. Do you believe that any of those crossed the line coming your way? Uh, potentially, um, yeah, potentially. But I think um, for me personally, I need to acknowledge that that what I said you know, clearly crossed that line. And I fully and totally understand that um, through the heat of battle, words are said. And um, and and for me, um, in this case, I, I overstepped the mark. But Yeah, you certainly did overstep the mark. And now uh, there is certainly questions, but still nothing really officially from Brisbane regarding where Dane Zorko does sit. Does he retain the captaincy? Is it taken off him? Uh, certainly very silent at the moment, uh, the Brisbane Lions. Lee, thanks for that. She predicted back before the bye that uh, Nick Dacos would win the Rising Star Award. Baffles me why he wasn't even in the All-Australian squad of 44. He'll be a smoky for the Brownlow. Lee, who no doubt will join uh, myself and Kim Hagdorn tomorrow night. We're back between five and six to talk about the issues 
And also, we will recap the All-Australian. No doubt there'll be plenty of debate regarding the positions that certain players have been put in, the ones that have missed out, should they have missed out, and maybe ones that have been included, why were they included? So plenty of time for your calls and plenty of time for interaction. That's tomorrow night from 5 when we're back for Drive with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, and thanks to Jimmy and Lee as well. Good night, everyone.